0: All right, guys, today I get to interview Brian Lubin, a friend, a fellow GoPro, and somebody who's traveling the world all the time. If you're not connected to him on social, you should be, if nothing else, just to see the awesome pictures of places that he's going to, the the trips that he's having, uh, Switzerland, uh, Thailand, like all these places all across the world. It's absolutely nuts. Um, But let's tell you a little bit about him. He's the founder of the Action Academy. He's creating a lot of revenue one of the things that I have enjoyed kind of Facebook and social media stocking him over the last year is he's pretty dang transparent about his life and about the numbers of social followers. I love your actual tracking KPIs that you have for your social growth. Um, So there's some stuff I want to go into there, but I want to start this actually in a place because you used to sell for Cintas, Mm -hmm. which was a competitor of who I used to sell for. And so I used to go up against Cintas reps all the time and I just kind of want to get some insight in that before we roll into the podcast side of things. So the CentOS reps always were dressed the sharpest. They had like the most standardized scripts. Take me into what was it like to work? I know that's the job you left to go into what you do now, but tell tell me what it was like inside of CentOS. What'd you learn and why'd you leave?
1: Oh, dude, it was a wonderful job. So here, here's the thing that people need to understand. So it's like, I understand Dave Ramsey now. Uh, people like kind of, you know, throw him to the side, but here's the thing, like, You need to have a point of view and a stance. You need to have a hill to die on, basically. So it's just like um, polarity sells. And like life is a spectrum across everything. So most people's issue with life is that they succumb to what's called binary thinking. So they think it's this or that, that or this. Like millionaire, uh, broke. Asshole, like great guy. You know, like there's spectrums to everything. And so uh, if you just talk about, you know, financial freedom on a spectrum, doesn't necessarily get the eyeballs that you need to generate la- like lasting and uh, impact that I want to create. So it's just like I was like, I'm going to take the stance of corporate America's evil, awful, get out of here. But man, I wouldn't be who I am today without that corporate job in the beginning. So for people to just paint a picture before I answer your question, um, I'll just give a bit of context. So. Uh, I went through college, graduated, went to corporate, had a four and a half year corporate career, made it to the top of the company. was number eight out of 5,079 sales reps, won president's club, diamond level rep of the year, rookie of the year, did everything. Um, They're going to put me to sales manager, VP, like that was the progression. And then I quit March, 2022. Um, We can go into what happens afterwards uh, after this, but let me answer your question. Uh, So what it taught me, you know, was structure. Like, how do I take a big plan and execute the numbers, put the numbers behind it to execute, and how everything is inputs, not outputs? So it helped me my, with my emotional regulation very soon, like very early in my career, because I ate what I killed and I controlled my own destiny. So I learned about proximity um, from CentOS because when I first joined, I was like, who's the top rep in the country? And I would call her in Wyoming, and I was in uh, Atlanta. I'd call an in Wyoming and I would just say, What do I do? And I would just do it. Um, so it was a massive cheat code. Then I learned systems and scale because I ended up hiring my own virtual assistant while I was working that job to do prospecting for me so I could focus on the big deals um, and the 20% like Pareto principles and all that good stuff. And I learned like people. I know how to sell to anybody, I could sell anything, I could sell B2B, B2C. Uh, so it gave me sales skills that will last me for the rest of my life. There's never going to be a time if you put me on an Island. I'll figure out how to make six figures. So, you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, if I had hundred thousand dollars, what do I invest in? I'm like, man, you gotta get some skills, like invest in education, learn the skills. And then, you know, you can use that to build your foundation upon what you buy assets. So it's like me with sales skills. It's like, I'm going to ride that to eight figures a year and then nine figures eventually. So yeah. hopefully that answered your question, but yeah, dude, it was a, it was a fabulous job until it wasn't, um, made it to the top, saw the mountaintop and I was looking around. I didn't like what I saw anymore. Uh, I was making a quarter million a year. and I realized that there was no room for me to grow anymore. And I didn't like how my vice president's quality of life was. Um, he wasn't present with his family. He was overweight. Like I just was, I was like, man, this is me. Best case scenario in five years. And then I asked the question, you know, how do I make 500000 a year? How do I make a million a year? And I couldn't answer that question within the parameters of that organization. So I was like, I, in order for me to make that type of money, I need to do something else. So that's what led to everything.
0: All right. So let's talk about the correlation of the sales skills to the marketing skills. I mean, obviously, you've already kind of baked in this idea that polarity sells. Mm-hmm. And so that, that you're probably more uh, polarizing on social media than you are in real life. Uh, can you give us an example of how much more, um, because obviously I learned to sell in the same industry. I took that to the real estate and applied the same type of methods. You've taken it online. So, so how different is the real Brian Lubin from the, from the internet, Brian Lubin? Oh, it's the same.
1: It's the same person. It's just my, what I focus on is different. So online, it's like, I'm talking a lot about financial freedom. I'm trying to provide as much value as I can. Um, but in real life, I don't think about that stuff at all. Like I'm just going and traveling and living my life and working on my business. Um, It's just with the content, I just try to put it through a lens of, you know, how can I share my or like my natural story, unfiltered, like the ups, the lows, the highs, the downs. And how can I share that while providing as much value and tidbits as I can? So it's just like as we go through, I think what attracts people to my um, brand and at Brian Lubin, what attracts people to my entire story is like, I share the things that go wrong and that went wrong. So a lot of people, it's just a highlight reel. And I was like, I don't want to be that because here's the thing. Like when you're in the arena, that's how you get, like that's how you find your peers when you're in the arena. And I literally have a tattooed on my thigh now where it's just like, you're not necessarily People don't want to hear how people are winning all the time. That's kind of annoying to a degree after a while. You want to hear some war stories, like some battle stories. Like you see somebody with like a giant gash and scar on their arm and they're like, what'd you do? They're like, ah, this is what happened. You're like, whew, I remember that. And so that's what I like to share is, you know, the issues and the problems that occurred in my early uh, career that caused me to leave. And then the problems that occurred when I left and then the problems I run into while I'm building my business and how to overcome them. So when it comes to content, people are focusing on the wrong things. They're like, how do I achieve virality? How do I achieve clicks and eyeballs? The, the key to content completely, if you just boil it down, you know, stop paying for these $1,000 masterclasses, just figure out who you're helping, where are they today, where are they trying to go, and what are the 10 problems that get in the way? Then you answer those 10 problems. Then there's your entire content strategy.
0: Over and over and over and over again
1: in different ways.
0: Yep. Yeah. So what, like, obviously with the podcast, now you interview some of the most amazing people on the planet, as far as what they're doing in business and so on and so forth. Did did you have mentors in the content space? Like what was your journey to learning, to learning content?
1: None. No, I didn't have any mentors in the content space. Um, I just winged it. So here's the kicker. Like, Same with the podcast. It's the same message with the podcast. When I started the podcast, I get so pissed off when people are like, oh, I'm launching my podcast in four months. Why? Like, dude, order a microphone. Like, so here's the thing. People won't do the content and they won't do the podcast and they won't do this and they won't do that for the reasons that they think are the reasons, but they're not the correct reasons. So like, I don't know how to do this. I don't have guests. I don't have anything. No, you're just afraid of looking stupid. That's it. It's just, it's not even your fear of failure. It's your fear of the appearance of failure. So you're over here worried about what people are going to think of you for posting content about, you know, real estate, about investing, about entrepreneurship. And you're like, who am I to post this? You have imposter syndrome, you know, blah, blah, blah. But here's, I'm going to cut through y'all's bullshit in a sentence. So a guy came to me and said, you should start a podcast. You're great at connecting with people. I said, I can't do that until I have a hundred doors, which I completely pulled out of thin air. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. Most selfish thing I've ever heard, but okay. I said, what? He's like, yeah, dude, you're being selfish. I said, how? He goes, because you're directly denying people information, access to information purely based off of your own ego. Yep. I said, oh. He's like, so your own fear of failure is causing you to directly deny access of information to thousands of people, millions of people down the road. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to change that. So I ordered a microphone. I got home. I texted two friends. I was like, hey, I'm going to interview you for a podcast. And that's how my podcast was born. So I just started doing the thing. And uh, about 50 episodes in, I got pretty damn good at it. And now 400 episodes in, I'm world class at it. And people wait for the confidence to take action. But the reality is that action is what yields confidence. How do you become an expert cold caller? make a thousand cold calls. How do you become a great podcaster and be able to riff like I am right now where it's not a ramble, there's a point. Uh, do a thousand podcast episodes. So it's just like you're waiting for the confidence and that's where analysis paralysis is. But instead, if you just take one action a day, analyze one deal, do one cold call, you know, do one podcast, one video, all of a sudden you look up and 100 videos later, you're pretty good.
0: Absolutely right? And so the, in, in the phone sales and the CentOS type sales, you're talking about overcoming generally the challenges rejection in like physical form me and you on the phone right now, you say no in content. Mm-hmm. It's a different form, right? It's an imposter syndrome. Did, did doing the sales kind of make that easier for you? Or was it something where it was like a new fresh level of ego, emotional maturity that had to be built? New skill set. Yeah. new
1: skill set because before it was your job and then now it's you. So you're like, "Oh, oof. And like I don't know about that. What are my friends going to think? Like what are my fam- what's my family going to think?" But here's the thing, man. Like it just takes that one person that you help, that first person that you help to really solidify everything. So it's just like you you change one person's life. Look, it's all about leverage and scale and impact. So Right now, you're so stuck in me that you can't zoom out and think of we, right? So as soon as you start thinking in terms of we, then everything changes. Because look, we could talk about business here. We could talk about my business, real estate, whatever, whatever direction we want to take it. But the reality is that in terms of scale and leverage, the best way to get whatever you want is to help enough other people get what they want, right? Yeah. And so as soon as you shift your focus to that, watch how unstoppable you become. So for instance, um, whoever runs distribution in today's day and age runs the world, right? So that's why the social media companies are the most powerful entities in the, in the universe right now. So for me, I just did an interview with this woman, Brittany, who helps fight child trafficking. And so in my intro to the podcast, I'm gonna say my goal for all of you guys listening is I want a million dollars sent to Brittany after this podcast. And I know that there's enough billions of dollars in net worth that listen to my show that that can actually feasibly happen. And I think it will. So like we're talking impact, that's distribution from a freaking podcast that I had no idea what I was doing. Same with content.
0: Going into the hands of an epic entrepreneur that's obviously turned their attention towards child trafficking, which is incredible. Um, You, I mean, like the list of guests you've interviewed is absolutely nuts. What tangible impacts directionally, strategically, or otherwise have happened to your business as a result of interviewing podcast guests?
1: Everything, everything. So people, I think people look at age too often as an indicator or predicator of success or a barrier to success. Um, but the reality is every single 25 year old that you see, that's a phenom. That's a multimillionaire has been doing real estate since they were 17. So it's been like eight years that they've done real estate. And it's like, same here. It's like, I'm 28 right now, but it's just like, I've been doing this for like five or six years. And then it's like, what you do is you're buying your time back. So having a podcast is a cheat code because I just stand on the shoulders of all these people that that are so much further ahead of me. And so not only do they help me on the podcast, but I develop these personal relationships with them. And they're very invested in, in me and helping my business because I'm very invested in them. And I don't make it about me. It's not being the most interesting person in the room. It's about being the most interested person in the room. And Absolutely. when you run a podcast, that happens inherently. So I develop these relationships with these people um, and they just pour into me and they give me every direction. And now, you know, now we're going on two years of the podcast. I can go get the author of the book that I just read that I love. And they'll reply to my email, they'll reply to my DM, and I can have them on the show in a week. So it's like, I'm like, how do I build my business in a way that's sellable? Cool. Let me go text Walker Diable, who wrote Buy Then Build. Let me go text John Warlow, built to sell. Let me go text Pineda. Like, let me get these guys on the podcast and I'll use that selfishly as my you know, coaching. And then I just give it away for free to thousands of other people. And then I develop that goodwill with those people to where when I make my ask down the road, they'll reciprocate.
0: Absolutely. You track your social media numbers like a monthly P and L almost. I mean, that's the way Mm -hmm. I kind of interpret the spreadsheet that you've built. What was the catalyst for that? And then when you're analyzing your social media P and L, so to speak, how do you think about the growth and what's happening and what, what decisions come out of that?
1: Yeah. So with the, with the media, so that's the marketing arm of my business before I even knew it was a marketing arm. So in January is when I officially launched the actual business but before then, I was just like, okay, cool. Let me see how things correlate. So I just developed a little spreadsheet that I used to track all my different social followings and everything because what, what gets measured gets managed, right? So it's just like, that was my KPI. I was like, let me get build as much distribution as possible. Then that will yield a business down the road. And then when I built the business, then I directly see the correlate between the two. So I get everything down to one direct data point, which is dollars per download. So my podcast is the major source of lead flow for my business. So now it's like I can very accurately depict. I'm like, okay, cool. I I know that I'm gonna average seventy two cents per download on my podcast in revenue towards my business. So I'm like, let's get a hundred thousand. Let's get a hundred thousand downloads. Now that affects my advertising decisions when it comes to my podcast. So it's just an eyeballs thing. And it's if you really zoom out. My mission is to help a million people leave corporate jobs to uh, live a life of fun, fulfillment and freedom, right? So it's like, that's my job. That's my mission by December 31st, 2025. So that's two years and some change from now. So I'm like, in order to help a million people, I really need to get in front of 100 million people. So it's just like everything that I do, every decision that I make is from that perspective of scale. So it's just like, I, I can't DM my way to that. Like I have to post something that has reach and now it becomes a media game. And so that's why I track it.
0: Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about these relationships. I mean, you release a high volume of podcasts and you talk about the relationships that get built and the nurturing and then follow up. Can you describe to us what does the system, if, if you have one, look like to continue to elevate these relationships uh, with the podcast guests? because i mean there's a lot of relationships you're building very very quickly
1: here i lost you there
0: okay yeah so the, so the question what is what is the
1: system what does the system look like
0: yeah yeah the system look like for i mean you're you're interviewing a lot of high quality guests so the system to continue those relationships um, is it like a 60 touch program 3 touch program is there is there some sort of organization for how you continue the relationship after the podcast
1: nope i just be a human <laughs> yep. Like I have no I have no cadence or KPIs. I just follow them, they follow me, and I just interact with their lives. So I guess it's something I just do organically. But I, if I had a framework to apply to it, I would say that um, the best like like the likability framework, if you want to call it that, because for some reason I've gotten really dang good at it to where I can get really close with someone in a short period of time and then have a lasting relationship for years is I try to meet them as, as a person first, you know, like friend second, then business third. Yeah. So I think that is refreshing. You'd have to ask the other people, but I feel like it's refreshing to them to just meet as a normal freaking person first and then as a friend and then as a businessman, because like, you know, even my buddies over here in Austin, you know, they're very materially successful, but I'm just so numb to it now that I don't really care. Uh, I'm just like, let's just talk about life. Like, how's your wife? How's your kids? You know, let's go wake surf and then business comes last. So I don't really talk about that stuff until, until we're in a mastermind setting. And then we're talking about business, but that's not where the relationship is
0: formed. Yep. Right time, right place. Relationship Mm -hmm. first, rapport first. Yeah. Awesome. So as, as you've grown, how have you, I mean, obviously once you recognize 72 cents a download, right? I mean, obviously you mentioned advertising, what are you currently doing to boost the views? Is it running paid ads? Is it doing cold email? Like what's the strategy additionally to the social media videos? So I don't do any paid
1: ads right now. It's just all organic. So I do, I just will up the amount of organic that I'm doing uh, whenever, you know, I'm trying to grow. Or I'll be on other podcasts. So this is one of my like lead measure KPIs: is I need to be on three podcasts per week, and I need to host three podcasts per week. So that's one way. Um, If you have a podcast, the best way to grow your podcast is to be on other podcasts, like Candidly. Um, And then besides that, it's my media, so it's my content. Because I came to the realization that you know if I post one video and it gets hundred thousand views, like that's a lot of distribution for the show. And so I just have everything, every part of my funnel designed for somebody to, you know, see my profile for the first time, get addicted to those videos, then go to the um, podcast, which is what actually matters, and then go from there to my email list, and then go from there to buying the book that I'm going to have out in November, December. And then at that point, like, maybe, yeah, join the community. So it's just like a whole funnel to where, like, that's my goal for 100 million eyeballs.
0: Yeah. Do you see a lot of difference between, like, videos where you're talking about financial freedom and videos where you're talking about Switzerland and uh, those things like, does some perform better than the other? Is it like, I need to post three times more of these types of posts than, than these other posts?
1: Good question. So it's a, uh, it's a correlate. So, you know, you can do like, okay, I'm going to do one, you know, type of uh, post here and then mix it in with another type of post and another type of post it's all about like TAM, your total addressable market. So Pineda has been doing a lot more of this strategy where he does like a Rolex video or he does like a Tesla video to reach a larger audience. Um, for me, what I do is I don't really talk about tactics as much through my short form. Uh, I think people do it too much. Uh, what I do is I I sell the destination in my short form and then that converts them to my long form, which actually gives them the the plane ride. right? Yeah. So I think people are doing too much of here's 5 tips on you know underwriting a multifamily property like in in your short form like that's not going to be very punchy and like you know get eyeballs but if I'm like yo like i was working a job i hated i hated this job and then through multifamily investing i was able to go travel to switzerland or it doesn't even have to be traveling to switzerland it could be just like i used to be working a job that i hated for 80 hours a week and now i get to go run my own schedule and I could freaking pick my kids up from school. And it's a video of your kid waiting for you, uh, you know, in the driver's line and you're picking them up right? and they're so excited to see you. And maybe you've got the music blaring. It's like, it's where's the destination that you're taking it towards. And then you're like, man, if you guys want to learn how to do multifamily like I did go check out the link in my bio. Here's my podcast. Here's my YouTube. So long form is where the value is held. Short form is for attention. You either need to educate or entertain in your short form. Bonus points if you can do both.
0: Yeah, awesome. That's a really, really good feedback. And you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, I, I'm guilty of this. I know a lot of, I could see now thinking through that lens, how many people are guilty of this. They want to educate right away. And that's obviously taught a lot too, right? You got to educate, educate, educate. But mm-hmm. it, but your formula might be more like you got to grab attention. Don't worry about educating. Then drive them to where the education lies. Yeah, and
1: I'll give them a macro education, like a high level. And then I'll say, like, you, you want them, you want to give... Like the teaser. Like you want to draw them in. Like the point of the video isn't to get somebody to go leave your 30-second TikTok and underwrite a multifamily property. Your goal is to get them interested enough in what you're saying and what your story is so that they look into more of your stuff. Because then maybe over an hour-long video, they can actually learn the thing, right? right? So people just have it backwards. Also, like you see, like Hermosais and all these like different content, like everyone's doing the same thing. Like they're hiring a professional editor. They're all making the videos the same way. Everyone's so like numb to that now that I went the opposite direction. And I'm just like, bro, I'm going to film myself in a tank top in my car just talking. And yep. people think it's refreshing. you know? Yep. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to pay a freaking person thousands of dollars to edit this video for me. I'm just going to talk. And then it's the content. So my millions and millions and millions of downloads and views on videos are not from the videos and me traveling around the world, which we can also get into here in a second for people that aren't familiar with what I did there. Um, it's me sitting in a gym parking lot, just talking about things like those are the videos that got mega viral. So it's content. It just matters about your content. If your videos aren't getting views, it's because you suck.
0: Yeah. and you got it. It's not bad. the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not them shadow banning you or this, that, or the no, other
1: thing. No, it's just, you suck. And like, I deal with it too. I'll see that. and I'd be like, Oh, that video sucked. I'm like cool. How, what tweaks can I make? Let's do one percent better next video.
0: Yeah, absolutely love it. And again, that goes back to the mentality of not letting your ego get in the way, focusing on improvement. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your four step path, right? I mean, obviously, you're guiding people into financial freedom. Like, let's talk about the the, the four step path that you have for them.
1: Sure. So when I want to paint the picture here, so when I left that job in in March of 2022. I did the logical next best thing, which is what everyone would do, which is hop on a one way flight, leave all my friends and family and travel full time around the world for eight months. Um, So like that's what I did. And uh, it was awesome. I won't do it again. I just did a month and a half this time around Europe, but I'll never do eight months again. And so while I was traveling, I realized um, that I was just thinking, I was like, okay, cool. I did the thing, right? I got here. Now what? And every I got to where everyone's trying to get to, you know, where you're laying on a beach. You're like, I'm just going to go travel, $10,000 a month. And, you know, I'm just going to hang out. And I was on the beach and I was just like, now what? After two, three weeks, you're like, you don't have anyone to talk to because everyone's working. You're sunburnt, you're hungover, <laughs> you're bored. Because winners <laughs> right. win. And when you stop winning, you're not a winner anymore. So That's who right. are you? You're uh-huh. a chump. Yep. So people have this, you know, delusion of what they think that they want, right? So my mission got created when I went from me to we. And then I said, okay, I'm good. How do I help a million other people become good? And then that's a great starting point. So that's my goal by 30 is to help a million people. And then we'll go from there. Then we'll scale up. But when I transitioned that, I was like, okay, cool. Let me like come up with some type of framework that's repeatable. And now we've had a couple hundred people go through the framework and, it, and it's validated. So that's what's super cool about it. So the framework, four steps, pretty simple. Um, it's not easy, but it's simple. Step one, what the hell do you want? Nobody can answer that. Um, $10,000 a month so you can go travel around the world, do what you want, when you want with who you want is not the answer. Like the answer is, okay, so what, when, where, with who, what are you doing? (laughs) You know? And, and so people don't think about that far because it's not even a realm of possibility. So the step, step one is creating your vision. So three-year, Vivid Vision, fantastic book by Cameron Harold. He's a good friend of mine now. Uh, You go and you write out in present tense what your life and business looks like three years from now. If anything was possible, you had $100 million in your bank account. What's your your life look like? What's your business look like? Where are you living? I wrote out in my cubicle in my corporate office, I wrote out, man, I'm going to wake up in the morning and walk out on the hot cobblestone steps of my balcony in Mykonos and I can see the sunrise over the Adriatic and I have nothing to do in the morning because it's on different time zones. In the afternoon, I have calls with my online business that I could do while I'm traveling around the world. And I had none of that planned yet. And I did it in a year and a half instead of three years. And I, now I've been, it's 2023. I wrote the vision in 2020. So it's like, now I can look back and say that I blew everything that I wrote in my vision out of the water. And that felt impossible to me when I was in it. So it's like, I did the thing and now I'm doing it again with my new business. So step one, you're creating your vision. Step two, you're building your financial foundation. So it's going to be the sexy, boring stuff that's not going to be your passion. Screw your passion. I don't give a shit about your passion. Right now, like my entire identity is passionate income, which we'll get to. Right now, we're focusing on passive income. Let's make sure that the freaking lights stay on. We're going to earn the right to work on the other stuff. So this is where you're buying the laundromats, the car washes, the rental properties, the multifamily, the Airbnbs, the self-storage facilities. You know, where you have to go to Phyllis and, and Janet and you have to go through their PL that's written on napkins and you have to negotiate a seller finance offer to get that property under contract. We're talking about cash flow and we're needing enough cash flow to cover your fixed expenses. That's it. Not all of your expenses, just your fixed. So how do we make sure that your mortgage, your lights stay on, your kids are fed? That's all we care about, which this number is a lot lower than you would anticipate. Normally, between four to five, four to $6,000 a month will get you there, which you can do within a, one or two properties or one or two businesses. So that's our foundation. And we're going to establish a cash cushion three to six months, maybe more if you have a large family. So, so Jamie Gruber is a mutual friend of ours. He did a year because he had a family of four uh, of cash cushion. So now we have our foundation. Now we have our vision. Now we get to start swinging for the fences because we've earned the right to. So step three is now we're going to pour all of our disposable income into member mentorships, coaching, and mastermind. So now it's every single dollar goes towards how do I get around people that have done what I want to do or that are actively doing what I want to do. So now you're going to be learning skills, you're going to be learning perspectives from people that have been to the mountaintop. You're going to learn from those people. All right, these people are going to be the relationships that emotionally support you through your journey because plot twist your cash flow is not going to hold you at night and you're crying when everything goes wrong your people are yeah it's like that's what keeps you in the game so like your passive income gets you in the game your relationships and your people keep you in the game and then step four the fourth and final is now you're going to build businesses partnerships and empires with these people now you play a team sport so then that is where your passionate income comes in So your passive income yields the ability to do passionate income, which is now that you have your time back and you have optionality, what do you do that sets your soul on fire that you can make money for? The Japanese call it your ikigai, which is the intersection. It's like a giant funky Venn diagram. It's the intersection between what you love, what you're good at, what the market wants and what you can get paid to do. In the middle is where your purpose is. You can't figure out your purpose until we get you freaking rich first. And we get you to stop worrying about the bills. Stop worrying about your credit card debt. You can take time to slow down, chill out. You've got your people. Now you can figure out what you're meant to do on this earth. Now the game begins. That's where life begins.
0: That's the four for steps. Most, for most of your, which is awesome. Thank you for that. For most of your followers, like, how much capital did they have saved up? Like, What does it take to get that passive income for them? like what are you seeing so it's
1: actually a facade that you need money to do it um which you know and most people like know but it's like when you're getting started you don't know because like i talked to me four years ago where i was saving up my salary once a year to buy a house then i'd save my salary up again to buy another house it's ironically easier i was just talking to a gentleman on the phone yesterday he's trying to buy a condo in jersey and he keeps getting bought out of the market priced out He's got like $60,000 saved up $80,000 and he can't buy this freaking condo because people are buying into cash. And I'm like, dude, it would almost be a better use of your time to figure out how to find off-market leads for like a 10 to 30 unit multifamily. And instead of spending all of our time looking at this condo, why don't we instead just like put all of our time, energy, and effort into like finding these capital partners and partnering up with people to buy like a 10 or a 30 unit. And then you get like a 30, 40% equity cut from finding the deal and getting it under contract, see I feel like ironically that's an easier game to play right now than to just find a condo off the MLS and try to make a house hack you know 100%.
0: Yeah. and
1: so I'm like and then you can use that same skill set now that's a that's a compounding skill set because you can do that same thing that you did with the same mailers the same everything at a zero or two on the end and now you could take down a, a thirty unit a 300 unit it's the same exact process
0: yeah. Yeah. And you're talking one of those and you've got enough. If, if I love how you create a more minimalistic approach, right? When people think of 10, 15, 20, which is generally what we hear, 10,000 mm-hmm. a month, 15,000 a month, it just makes the game so much harder for people to be able to step out. And so if you think about it as your fixed expenses, because you're going to make some income. I mean, if you step out from your job and you work hard, you're going to make some income.
1: So that's the, the passionate the, income. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Dude. Like I couldn't have left my job. My original, that's awesome that you said that. So you guys, so once again, we go right back to the beginning of the episode. where we talk about binary thinking. So that was what changed my entire life was switching from binary thinking to spectrum thinking, right? So instead, my coach at the time, I said, I need $20,000 a month to leave this job and in passive income. I was like, I'm going to do it through multifamily in five years. Here's how much passive income I need to generate each year. Here's what the quarterly, monthly, weekly benchmarks are for me to get that. Here's how many mailers I need to send, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wait, why does it need to be passive? And I was like, huh? He's like, why does the income need to be passive? He's like, you're going to get bored. He's like, you're probably going to figure out how to make money while you're traveling. He's like, why does it need to be passive? And nobody had asked me that question before. Because like we're so ass tight about passive income over the last Perfect. 10 years that we don't think about anything else. And I was like, dude, you're absolutely right. I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. So what ended up happening was uh, my podcast ironically started becoming a revenue source for me. It wasn't intentional, but that became my passionate income. And that's where the topic was designed and defined by was that the podcast started printing out ten dollars to $15,000 a month just by funneling people to GoBundance and a coach that I was using Yeah, from the podcast. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I could do that while I travel around the world. So the goal changed from what like. How do I generate $20,000 a month of passive income to replace my job to? How do I generate $20,000 in income that is remote and scalable that I enjoy while traveling around the world? My real estate gave me $4,000. My podcast gave me $15,000. All of a sudden, I look <laughs> up. I've got $19,000 coming in. I'm like, the world is my oyster. and I did That's that it. goal in six months instead of five years, which bought me four and a half years of my freaking life back, which That's now it. I've started up my new company which will be 1.3 million this year. So that four and a half years is most likely worth
0: probably 20 to $30 million. Yeah, absolutely. And a hell of a lot of fun and passion and travel. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so good. So what is your vision for your life and business now for the next 12 to 18 months? So over the next 12 to 18 months,
1: um, my goal for Action Academy, um, I have very specific goals. So uh the goal for this year is a million top line front financially a million top line the goal for next year is 3 million top line um i want to help 500 people this year and then i want to do uh 2000 next year so i want a four exit um cuz everything i do revolves around helping other people so like my pitch to people is like i want to become fabulously happy and wealthy by helping you become fabulously happy and wealthy and now we just skip together through the sunset right so that's my goal right now is to get there um, so we're actually going to have to like rank that up and ramp that up as, as the vision is growing. But uh, so that's the goal of my podcast. Um, my goal for 2024 is I want 100,000 uh, listeners per episode. So instead of just 100,000 downloads, which we're almost at right now per month, it's like I want 100,000 listeners per episode. So that's where it's going to be super fun. Um, and then that's where impact comes from. So that's what I really care about. And then just providing like a massive impact on the world through my community and through the podcast and everything that we do. So that's the goal over the next, you know, year, like couple of years. I've got an official vision written out too. I want to get married, have kids. Um, I want to do half my year in Europe every single year. Uh, there's a I've got it all written out in detail, but there, that's the 30,000 foot.
0: What's I mean, forexing the revenue, the impact, the, the coaching elements, what action steps are you going to take towards that vision? Is it going to be forexing the amount of content that goes out, forexing no. quality, team, yeah,
1: leverage. leverage? It's all leverage. So it's it's always been leveraged. Like I I can only do two videos a day. So like okay. if you look at Pineda and Cody Sanchez and all of them, they do two videos a day. Um, so the content can't increase, and the content can't, technically can't be better because right now it's popping off. So. Uh, the reality is it's just building team and employing leverage through people. So I need to have more people, like more people setting appointments for me, um, more people sharing the podcast, like me reaching more people through podcasts. Um, So it's just like, it's all points of leverage. So like code and people as opposed to media, because right now my media is kind of tapped out. Um, I'll probably start posting on LinkedIn, Twitter. Like those are two platforms that I haven't taken advantage of. But, and then after that, like I also have the book coming out. So the book will be like December ish. So that will be another point of leverage. But besides that, it's just all people.
0: Amazing. Brian, thank you so much for coming on, sharing about your life and your business. I had so many takeaways today from, you know, I mean, I I really like the insight we came upon too, which is it doesn't have to be passive income that leaves. It could be active income that you pursue because passive income isn't usually that passive anyways. But guys, whatever you learn from today's episode, write it down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks guys. Please like comment, share and subscribe. Engagement
1: is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show.